0: Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. So welcome to a new episode of the Thrive Podcast. Today I'm so excited to have some more Latina power with me. Um, Today I have Diana Castro with me and she's a producer, director and the co-founder of 4 Productions. And about seven years ago, um, she fired her job at a big corporate company and hired her own dream. Diana is obsessed about creating soulful, purposeful and strategic video services for leaders um, change makers and forward thinkers that are crazy enough to think that they can change the world. And on top of that, Diana is the creator and host of the podcast Leaders with a Mission, where she presents her audience conversations and stories about leadership, success and entrepreneurial journeys. And I am so happy to have her with us today. And welcome to the Thrive Podcast, Diana.
1: Yay! <laughs> Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can only you know I can always always just cite what everybody has been doing, and so the comment is really to yourself because of the great things that you have done, and you know the story that you have created for yourself over the last years.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's part of everyone's journey to find their path, and I'm very happy that I found mine.
0: Yeah, just... and I think, and I think it's. Um... It's a very interesting one because it goes into a direction that, um, at least in the podcast, we haven't had uh, featured so far. And um, also, I'm always, you know, because of my personal, let's say, relation to Latin America, I'm always so happy to show examples from from there because I feel, I always feel like there's so much potential there um, from my own experience and that I've seen, um, but is not really, you know, taken advantage of so much. And so I'm so happy to to share to that audience, you know, successful examples and really show um, people in Latin, America, in Latin America that really anything is possible.
1: Yes, anything is possible. And I, I do feel that it's needed. Um, I just came back from, I, I currently live in Miami in the mm-hmm. U.S., But I just came back from a very short mini vacation. I had not been in Colombia for over 10 years. Wow. Um, Yeah. And it was very interesting because the mentality in Latin America, it's very, um, there's a lot of scarcity. Mm -hmm. There's an energy of scarcity. There's an energy of lack of. Mm -hmm. Um, It just, it just blows your mind that we put ourselves in this positions where where our mentality really drives our behavior and mm-hmm. or um, way of thinking or limitations are self imposed. Mm-hmm. And um I just feel like really weird because I saw how people worked in there and everything is like, oh why are you gonna do that? Or <laughs> yeah. it's it's just it's very restricting where um I'm already used to a different kind of level of engagement where mm-hmm you know the possibilities are endless it's just a matter of finding your way and finding a way so what you're saying it resonates a lot with with me
0: yeah and i think i mean i could pr- totally say that in germany it's like the same kind of mindset um that people always really foc- yeah people always focus on you know well especially applying or complying to rules and seeing what you know what is the problem And what is, you know, not possible about the thing that you're trying to do and what's, uh, you know, lacking, like you said, instead of seeing, you know, how is this actually possible? And so I think uh, with you being in the US, I think that's they have a completely different mindset. And so I'm curious to dive into that in our conversation today. But actually, actually, you know, um, what actually made you start or start this passion about video and production? I mean, wh- where did that come from for you?
1: Um, ever since I was a little girl, I was totally fascinated by cameras and by the magic of television. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just dreaming of, at, at that time, I wanted it to be an actress. And mm-hmm. my dad was like, hell no, you're not going to be kissing boys <laughs> all over the place. Like, you can just you know, kiss goodbye to that dream. And within that restriction, what I found was a fascination by the magic of, of video making or filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I found myself like consuming, like very interested in how did the magic happen? How did they make someone fly? How did mm. they make something appear in thin air? How did they created a whole universe that did not exist? Mm-hmm. And, That kind of like drove me inside and it it just built up little by little to the point where um, I just started working for free at, 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 you know, filming sets. And Mm -hmm. I was just offering myself to just be part of that, even if I was just, you know, making coffee for people. It just made me feel um, that the magic of being able to create everything from nothing was it's I to me is addicting. To me is 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 just um, I find that video or film touches every single part of the arts, mm-hmm. and it, it will never be boring for me. So as a creator, is is like being hooked to to the most addicting
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know source of energy, and and that's exhilarating for me.
0: That's cool. And did that because um, just behind the scenes, um, you just told me that when you were 13 years old, you actually um, moved from Colombia to the U.S. Um, yes. Did that help your pursuit of that passion, that move? I
1: think that the ability to move to the U.S. definitely was a game changer mm-hmm. Um I I don't know what it would be of my life if I would have stayed in Colombia because um, I truly believe that you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And definitely the world is a bigger place here in the U.S. in the sense that um, you see people from all over the world with a drive to produce the American dream,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: whatever that might be for each individual. But there is this thirst for growth um, and that I don't see in Colombia. Mm-hmm. I, I I do feel that people there are very hardworking people and I do feel that people there have, have really amazing hearts. But I do feel that energetically... They and and in their minds, mm-hmm. um, there's just a lot of limitations. Like, and not only that, the system is built that way. Like, you cannot make a bank account unless you have like all of this, you know, like mm. A B C D E F G and you know, through Z. Uh, where here in the U.S., like opening a bank account is like extremely easy. Anybody can have a checking account. Mm-hmm. So that is not possible there. Opening a business here you can do it online over there you have to like kind of have like a DNA sample from a goat and I don't know where I'm just making it very Mm -hmm. complicated but um it's just really weird how things operate in in Latin America that Mm -hmm. I don't know I I truly asked myself that question when I came back from Colombia Mm -hmm. from my vacation I was like I don't know what what could have been of me if i would have just stayed there i i don't know if i would have been hanging around the same amount of people or if, if i would be reading the same books that i'm reading now or if mm. i would be involved in the same kind of atmosphere that i am involved in yeah. here so it, it it does make a difference
0: yeah i i totally get that i mean I think this is the huge from my personal view, I think this is one of the biggest problems for let's say markets like Latin America because all the information is available in English, and even here in Germany, you know, I see the difference between the information that I can get in English or the information that I get in german it's just it's just more limited, and so I think it is so yeah. important to have people for example like you maybe who can share then whatever you have learned with your community, with your Latin community, or just pass it on even to your family, friends that you know, um, and pass on that knowledge to, you know, also open up their horizon about what is possible or not.
1: Yeah, and it's a, it's a cultural thing as well. There's so much more stigma mm-hmm. in the way you have to behave. mm mm-hmm. When in the U.S., people are way more open. Mm-hmm. People are just more willing to share, mm. and it's based. It's based in 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 something that is true for them, which is fear. Mm. You know, like uh, they're they're afraid that somebody is going to take something from them instead of contribution. There yeah. is competition mm-hmm. because you know you cannot give your most prized secret. <laughs> and here, I do yes. feel like. People are making money from sharing their secret and they still make money from the other side. It's like, it's a, it's a completely different mentality. Yes, I yeah.
0: agree. And so how has been the support of your family? Maybe because you mentioned your dad was like, what? You want to you be an actress and kiss other boys? Heck no. <laughs> um, to, you know, how, how, I mean, how was it maybe... When you were more little and had this idea of becoming an actress to you know when you have moved to the US has your family still been like um a little bit maybe critical um about the career path that you chose or were they more supportive
1: Um my my dad stayed in Colombia cuz my mom and my okay. my dad divorced mm-hmm. Um so when I came here I just came with my mom, my stepdad and my brother and my sister mm-hmm. and I don't feel that they were um, put in limitations. It mm-hmm. was just more of like, just do what you know you, your path is. It's mm-hmm. been very supportive. So from that perspective, I don't feel I've been
0: pulled back. So also, uh, um, from a, you know, coming from a Latino background, I'm also curious, did you ever receive like, messages about what you can or can't do as a woman? Or, you know, would you hear anything that would actually, you know, discourage you from believing that having your own maybe successful business is not possible or is not even your place to be as a woman?
1: Um, I'm sure there were some, uh, but I have always been a very rebel soul. So (laughs) I've always been like, oh, you think I can do this? Oh, watch me. Yeah. Um, so it, I think actually, when I think about it a little deeper, I do feel in La- Latin American countries, women are breeded to be badasses, like mm-hmm. in all honesty, mm-hmm. like women are, are breeded to be like, you know, you have to learn to, you know, to be the mom, to be the sister, mm-hmm. to cook, to, uh, to work, you know, and it's it, it, the expectations for women in Latin America are very high. Yeah. Um, like you have to be able to do everything and there's no complaining allowed. And it's just very rigid mm-hmm. where um, even when you're a, a little girl, like you are washing the dishes and your brother's playing PlayStation.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so <laughs> from very early age, at least in my household, it was very expected that you are to, you know, contribute in the house but mm-hmm. still. Do good in school and still like accomplish a lot yeah. um in my household, there was not like you have to be a doctor or you have to be a certain thing, or mm-hmm. um you cannot do x, y, and c. When I think about it, my mom was very much like you were born for something greater mm. so it was always in the back of my my mind that. I was born for something greater than just the average status quo. Um, So I'm sure that there's a lot of, you know, oh, that's really hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, are you sure you want to do that? Um, I guess it's more about listening to your inner compass. And I think my mom did a good job at at Mm -hmm. allowing me to listen to that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that is wonderful. Um, And especially, I think, um, coming from a female role model, I think that is like uh really amazing to get that message um and to help you you know not fall into all the whatever beliefs and expectations and um uh let's say advice <laughs> in uh, air quotes that you receive from everybody else around you yeah that is true and so you know how was your path then because i think um i mean you graduated from university and mm-hmm. then I think you open up your first own company, if I'm right.
1: Yes, I did. And it was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I opened my first business um, with a partner. And mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, it was not the right person to build a business with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had made a partnership and this person was very dishonest. Uh, obviously, you don't find this out until like yeah. when you're in the middle of the path. Like he stole credit card information from me Mm -hmm. he was doing things behind my back that were you know were not very good for business or for any kind of relationship period um so obviously that didn't end end well we did get to do some amazing projects and as everything in life you learn Mm -hmm. from everything and you move forward and um right after that i um I took a job at uh, MSNBC Telemundo, which is one mm-hmm. of the most powerful um, Latino um, channels here in Miami, in Florida for the Hispanics. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at that time it was a really awesome thing. Cause you know, obviously I just finished my business. I closed it up and I'm trying to find some financial security. Mm. Um, but uh as I went on through that path, I just realized that my soul was dying, that I was, that I was not, um, I was not in my path. It was, Mm -hmm. there's things that happen in your life for a season, Mm -hmm. you know, for a reason or for a lifetime. And that, uh, that was a season I needed to be there for, for a certain period of time. Um, but my time was running out because my soul was literally dying. Mm. Um, so i i had to exit and at that point um i was faced with okay so what do i do now i can apply to um to another producer job gig yeah. um and and continue this path or i can like find an alternative and when i was actually um looking at sitting in front of you know the interview and the guy asking you so um where do you see yourself in five years I was like not here (laughs) my answer was very clear and I was like I cannot like I cannot just go and um and lie I I don't I I I don't want to feel like I'm being I'm just saying it to make you like me like i I've never, ever come from that place. Like if I don't like something, I'll, I'll let you know. And that's okay. And, um, when I realized that that would be my answer, I was like, Oh Jesus. I think think we have to rethink this whole thing. And at that time I had just had my first daughter, so I was Mm -hmm. not willing to, um, you know, being a producer means that you have to be available, at any time, Mm. uh, for production days that could be 12 hour days
0: Mm -hmm.
1: for a week, weeks at a time, maybe months at a time, depending on the project that you're involved. So I was like, I guess we're going to have to open our own business (laughs) and figure it out because this is not going to work.
0: Um, yeah. This, this very, That's very, very challenging for like being a fellow mom. I can really understand that making such a big commitment, especially when you're thinking like internally, like, fuck, I don't want to do this really. Like yeah. for yourself, mm-hmm. right? You do, but not for somebody else. Um, but so I'm curious, like, what do you think gave you the courage to start out your own business right out of university, right? Because this is still a big move,
1: well, I was, I had my business while I was in university. So oh. I was the first one, the, the first business that I opened with um, with that partner that mm-hmm. didn't work so well. I, w- I actually had a business um, before I even was in the university because I had work in film before going to university. I remember I told you I was, mm-hmm. I, I started working for free in in film jobs and I started getting gigs and then somebody said, "Oh, why don't you get a degree in film?" Mm. And I was like, "Okay. I mean, I've, you know, I've been doing this, but a degree couldn't hurt." And I mean, I'm already involved in it and I and I went that route. Um so I I already had a business. In fact, when I was in school, some of the other students I I was um I was in a lower class with them. Mm-hmm. They were doing internships in my business. Mm-hmm. It was the funniest thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But, um, yeah, I, I I had to close that up. And then mm-hmm. the other gig came up. And then I closed it. And then I this is where I'm at right now, that I'm, I opened four productions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it's been such a blessing
0: yeah. for us. And what would you say, I mean... And, and I think this is one of the one of the main things, especially for women, to have the financial stability of a corporate job. And uh, it's been a huge topic for me as well. Um, but, you know, what gave you the confidence? I mean, you've been um, successful before with your first company. I mean, <laughs> having the partner was another topic, right? But ideal, you yourself, yeah. uh, it was <clears throat> working out quite well. But, you know... What, what, what gave you the, the kick, the last kick in the butt to say, like, you know, maybe I'm not going to have the financial um, security or stability for that moment. But, you know, I'm just going to do it anyway.
1: Um, the answer for that is um, I realized that I value freedom more mm-hmm. than I value air
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that I was not willing to go to a job and merely exist. Mm. Um, for me it became clear that a nine to five was not an option so when you're faced Mm. with that reality and you're brutally honest with yourself um the rest is basically figureoutable like mary forleo says it's just Mm. like okay if this is if this is my truth Mm -hmm. then i have to build from this because i knew in my heart and soul that Having a nine to five was just going to be a band aid It was mm. never going to be the solution and uh, um I looked at my daughter at that, that time. it was like very little. she was just born, and she was probably like six, seven months and i said i'm willing to actually make the sacrifice now when she come, she can she cannot even remember like if mm-hmm. she doesn't have you know the the best shoes or the best dress or mm. i don't know she won't remember that. Like no. I want to make sure that I'll make that sacrifice early, mm-hmm. so I can reap the 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 fruits of my labor when she actually remembers when it actually matters for her.
0: I um, love that yeah.
1: it was it was a non negotiable. It was like 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 uh, I'm I, I have to make this work. Period.
0: Mm. There's
1: no there's no plan B. Like plan B might be like I'll work you know even in like a fast food restaurant or mm-hmm. like stocking stuff in in like a supermarket mm-hmm. to put food on the table mm-hmm. but i was not willing to let go of my of my destiny
0: mm. of what i was going to do and so you you actually f- uh, founded the company together with your husband because he's also from that industry and so when you yes. decided to uh, start that company, did your husband actually, you know, quit his job as well or he stayed a little bit longer in the corporate gig to support <laughs> the family?
1: So what happened, what ended up happening is that I told my husband, um, I'm leaving um, NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going, to, he's like, okay, perfect. So I started actually on my own. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was about mm-hmm. a year and a half on my, on my, on my own completely, and he was the one bringing you know the the bread home basically yeah. I was making like nothing um it was like brutal, but um it so happens that after a year and a half, he was faced with the same kind of reality he was mm. being miserable, he was not happy um at at the job and at that time, I was pregnant with her second baby mm. and um and then he 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 calls me because something happened at work that he was not very happy about, and yeah. he was just like this this just happened. What do I do? And I was like, you have to quit. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, that's not right. What what they're doing to you is not. If you if you let that happen, you're telling them that it is okay for them to treat you that way. Mm. It is okay for them to to you what is not right, um, and and I told him we are strong enough to make this work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the boat will not sink if both of us are pedaling. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give it a thousand percent. Are you? And he said, Yeah. And uh, it was a crazy bold move because to the outside, yeah. I was pregnant with our second child. We had barely nothing in our bank account in our savings account mm-hmm. um it was like total risk like jump out of the airplane and figure out your parachute while you're like yeah. you know going down literally yeah um and uh, and he said, okay, let's do it um I was like I, I, I had to put him into I, I've always been an I- idealist and mean mm-hmm. thank God it has worked for me for some people so <laughs> much, but for me it's been like. I stand in your truth. Like if, if, um, Mm. how, with what face are you going to look at your daughter and tell her, do not let people bully you. If you are going to allow other people to bully you, Mm. like what is your, how can you tell her something that you're not willing to do yourself? And that was the thing that pushed him to the, he said, okay, yeah, sure. You're right. Let's, let's jump. And, um, then he joined for productions. And from there on, um, I do see God's hand, mercy in mm-hmm. the whole situation. I, I had my big belly. I was like six months pregnant, and mm-hmm. a, a director from another fellow company, um, I got referred to him, and and I was working with him even through my pregnancy. We were doing mm-hmm. commercials with him, so that really was a blessing because we were we were able to you know, put the house at float, even though we were not working Mm -hmm. um, a steady paycheck. But that, yeah, I'm very grateful. I I could see God's hand behind the scenes kind of like holding us, letting us know that, Mm. you know, this, this was part of our, this was part of our plan. It's just that, you know, you gotta, you gotta be brave and you gotta jump Mm. and
0: you gotta make sure you, you gotta come from faith, not from fear. Oh, this is so beautiful. And this It is like, wow, like you have the guts to do that. I mean, I think I I, I wouldn't have had the guts to do that with with the whole situation. (laughs) Um, But I always and I always think, you know, maybe it's it's a little bit easier when you already had this experience and when you know that, you know, you're able, you're capable of generating money, you know, outside of a corporate job. Then I think once you had that experience, then, you know, it is possible. You know, I can do that and I can uh, replicate that. But I think sometimes when when you're just starting out and you have no fucking clue, you know, what you're doing uh, with regards to business and with regards to, um, you know, just coming up with your own brand, with your own product, etc. It's so overwhelming that it might literally, like you said, instead of... um, doing doing the brave step you you become a sucker for the fear
1: yeah no no no. It it's definitely not for the faint of heart like you really have to have guts mm-hmm. um um but in my eyes mm-hmm. i can see like my grandparents mm-hmm. my grandparents in colombia they they left the brutal. they were um they work the, the earth, they work the land mm. and they left everything for their children to build a better future. And they build two houses with their own hands and mm-hmm. and I'm like, if they could do it and they had like five kids and like no education, how mm. the heck can we not do it now? It's is 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 more about um stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start getting excited about what could go right mm. and just yeah you're gonna fall on your face and you're gonna get scrapes, but you are gonna get up and you're gonna keep moving forward and it's it's, it's a matter of consistency and and grit mm. um that that to me is what I feel it's the most important thing is is nobody says it's gonna be easy no um and you have to be willing to to know that there will be tears and bruises involved in Mm -hmm. the process um, because it's not a free right, but um, it's not a free right for anyone,
0: no No
1: matter where it is, no matter if you, if you stay at your corporate job, you're still sacrificing something. Yeah. And there's still something that is, is, you, you are sacrificing something
0: period. Yeah, like you like you mentioned earlier, and also knowing from my own experience, usually that is a, probably an even bigger uh, sacrifice because you're sacrificing like your soul's fulfillment.
1: Yes, yes, for and, sure. For me, it was for me definitely. For me, it was like for me just even now. Like if you have as an entrepreneur, you have bad months, and mm-hmm. you know, um, but the moment that I just remind myself, the other option is a five to. Uh, you know nine to, five. 9 to 5 and i'm like okay <laughs> mind let's just keep going. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really good motivator to like keep you on track yeah and, yeah
0: and so how long did it take you and your husband from that moment that he also decided to join you guys um to really create um let's say a level maybe of revenue or let's say business that allowed you to really you know have a certain type of stability even if it was just maybe even at a low level but where you were able to say like you know hey we got this you know
1: wow it was a very long five years oh, wow. of it felt like I, I remember crying in my bathroom a lot of times mm-hmm. on my by myself because here I am I'm the one who told this guy to Mm. believe in my dream, to let's do this. And if I break down, like the whole thing, the whole operation breaks down. Mm. So uh, to me, it was my responsibility um, to keep us strong. So there was a lot of like loneliness in the process Mm -hmm. for me. I felt responsible. There was a lot of um, fear and a lot of, I do feel like my biggest problem was my relationship with money. Mm-hmm. um my rela- relationship with scarcity that's probably why it was so brutal like a slap in my face when I went to Colombia this time that I mm-hmm. saw it vividly like I I saw my pattern mm. why did I behave the way that I what why was so so much fear of lack of not having like I just relived it and it was terrifying um there was a lot of things that I did you don't know what you don't know yeah. and
0: um, <sighs> Can you give not- our our listeners an example of you know what one, what one of the challenges maybe was with money that you had?
1: Oh um not being able to pay the mortgage for 3 to 4 months was very tough because mm-hmm. we were able to put food in the table but we were not able to 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 actually pay for the mortgage and and receiving the the papers from the bank saying you're going to get foreclosure in your house. Mm. And we're like, oh my god! Like, how are we gonna solve this? And and then you would see like projects that would would jump in and then they would disappear because X or Y. And then the hurricane hit, mm. and it was like, what the hell? How, like, hello! Didn't little did we know that the hurricane was actually um, a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. because the government was forced to give like a, a mm. programs. To people in in Florida because of the hurricane, mm-hmm. so we were able to actually, you know, grab ourselves from that from that lifesaver right there, yeah. you know, in the with the excuse of the hurricane, and that actually saved us for a couple of months until we actually <laughs> were able to um, to get back on the on
0: our feet. On the track, yeah. <laughs> but, but from a mindset perspective, <laughs> what were some of the beliefs that were probably you know, keeping you from actually receiving money?
1: It was actually like, um, how do I explain it? I, I know the moment that mm-hmm. I actually like shifted my mm-hmm. energy towards it. Um
0: do you it mind was, sharing
1: with us? Yeah, I'll share it. It was, uh, I remember my mm, my body and my energy was always like, it's not fair, it's not fair that, you know, People expect things to be cheap and mm-hmm. people expect things to be... Um, oh, oh, the the place where I was coming from was a place of I don't have and I need it and it's not fair. And mm. um, even in my conversations with God and the universe, I was like, you know, you know that I need this. You know, I, I, I need this. I, mm. I need to get certain amount. I, I need it. and And just even in my prayers, it was just like this little girl being ungrateful for all the awesomeness that was around her Mm. it was like I need and I need and I need um and I and I don't have and Mm -hmm. how could how could you know you know we work so hard I work you know I I would work I would wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I would go to sleep at one two like it was just like I was sleeping two hours and I was working really hard and and things were not moving forward and I was just Mm -hmm. so caught up into that mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember I went to one of my clients and she is an amazing soul. And she said, um, it was just in a conversation where she said, you know what shifted for me? It's when I, instead of saying I need, Mm -hmm. I started saying I am ready for. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, like, like just replace when you're like talking, you know, when you're doing your meditation or when you're talking to God, just instead of saying I need, you know, $5,000 client, instead of saying I need that, just shift, shift that and say, I am ready for this amazing client that is going to bring, you know, Mm. I'm I'm ready for an amazing client that is going to be, you know, or whatever you wanted it to do. I'm ready for, and I, I really, I I literally felt it in my body, my energy shifting Mm -hmm. and I would. I would be like, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for an amazing day today. I'm ready to Mm -hmm. kick butt. I'm ready to make amazing sales. I'm ready to connect into people. And even like the energy by saying it, it was so much more. I would go inside of meetings and it was not coming from like, please don't say no. Please Mm. don't. It was more of like, yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. And it shifted. Everything started shifting from there. I I, I don't know. I cannot put a, a... like a pinpoint but i remember feeling and seeing my bank account and reflect it Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god this shit works (laughs) (laughs) you
0: know so yeah, I I just want to 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 quickly encourage everybody to just, you know, practice that. Just say it out loud. Just take 10 seconds, whatever, and say I need whatever to and then I am ready for. And because you're right, like every word that we use, every thought, whatever is energy. And neediness is yes. so negative. It is such a low vibe energy. From, yeah,
1: it comes yeah, it comes from a place of like I don't have. It's, therefore, I is it's not coming from. It's, it's from fear. Things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's coming from fear. Like I remember, and I have this thought now at love with my daughters. It's mm-hmm. like um, they want something, mm-hmm. but they don't behave like they already have it. They're waiting for me to say, "Are you ready?" Like, mm. like for example, um, they want to go have an ice cream. Mm-hmm. If you really want to go have an ice cream go get in the shower, get dressed mm-hmm. and be waiting for me in the door and be like, I'm ready for my ice cream. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that I'll be like, okay, let's go. But if you're just like hanging around and like you asked me for the ice cream, but you're not ready. And yeah. I'm like, even in in your relationship with your children, you do see how you're ready as a parent to give to them whatever they want. Like the universe is ready. Like Mm. they're probably already in the car with the keys on and you're just still in your room waiting for them to say, hey, yeah, I'll get you that ice cream. Would you be willing to go take a shower and get dressed so we can actually go to the store? Instead of like you saying, you know what? I I want this job. I'm going to dress like if I already have it. I'm going to go visit that place that I want to work at. I'm going to go... It, we don't behave as if we already have things. We're expecting the universe to give us something that we're not really even preparing for. And that has been mind boggling. Like that, that has completely
0: changed me as a person. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, another point that I feel is very important to highlight from what you just said is that, yeah, like, you can't just, let's say, make a wish. Or say, I am ready. But then, like you said, you don't take any steps to show that you're actually ready. If, mm-hmm. if you're just, if you're saying like, you know, I want, uh, I'm ready for a new client, but then you're just sitting on the couch and not, you know, not being active about it. Then how is the client going to find you? Even if the universe wants to provide for you, like how is that going to happen if you don't do your part as well, right?
1: Yeah. And even, even sometimes it's not even going on finding them. Is preparing for them.
0: Mm.
1: It's like understanding, you know, what, what can you, what problem can you solve for them better? Like what systems do you have in place? Cause even like you actually creating a proposal mm-hmm. with that, like the proposal that you would like to receive and like preparing it. Mm. That's an act of like, I'm ready. Like I'm the phone, the phone rings and I'm, I, I'll i press send and you'll have it in two seconds.
0: Mm-hmm. It's that
1: kind of readiness. Sometimes we, Um, we don't know how Mm -hmm. um, and you don't know you don't have to know the how you just have to know the what
0: Mm.
1: we just have to go towards it It makes a huge difference
0: yeah wow yeah it's really cool to hear that from you know your own experience and how impactful that has been Um, what do you think or if you were to give some advice, um, you know, to other women who are just maybe starting out or thinking about their own business, um, what are some things that have helped you really to, um, to grow, um, to grow the business into, um, in a steady way, first of all, and to maybe even find, you know, clients and generating your first real revenues,
1: So video is a gig based business. Mm -hmm. Um, A gig is like you get a client and and you operate and then you go get another one. And that was actually what was killing me. It was the pursuit for that new client. And I felt like I was, you know, I was like swimming from Cuba to Miami. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I was losing my, my, my raft. I would, every single time, like I would grab the raft, and I would be like, "Okay, I got the raft,
0: I'm um, breathing."
1: And then a wave would come, and I would like lose the thing. I, I felt like it was a consistent that, a consistent like someone pushing me off the raft, and I'm like having to go to the surface and find the raft and like grab mm. it and as the, and um and that's what actually kind of like light a bulb in my head, which was cash flow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do I make my business generate cash flow? Um, what things can I implement to generate cash flow? So for me, um another point that I actually made it it was like a slap in the face was um I used to tell people you you know you have to use video to grow your brand. Like you have to video the most important. And then I looked at myself and I was like, I'm not making any video for myself. Like, like I should take my own advice. Like yeah. this is ridiculous. I was like, you don't even have video. How with what face are you telling people? And I was struggling at that time. So um it was a matter of like applying my own, you know, my own advice and creating consistent video for my business helped me get on the map. And it actually started making me look like an authority around my peers mm. where they would always be like, Oh, I always see you online. And I was like, Oh, awesome. <laughs> I, I guess it's working. Um, but it was because I was, I made a commitment that was non negotiable that I was going to be showing up with the medium that I was preaching for. Mm. Um, so for me that was, that was an amazing way of being, In integrity with me with my Mm -hmm. message with my brand um and then the last part which is i think i already mentioned it is consistency Mm -hmm. um consistency in my opinion is the mother of success Mm. whether if you're consistent eating bad food you're going to be very successful at being unhealthy and, and getting fat like that's you know if you're inconsistent or if you're consistent about not showing up for your family, you're going to be very successful in losing your family. Mm. If you're very consistent in working out every day or whatever, you're going to see results. So consistency is totally the mother of success. You just have to know exactly what you stand for Mm -hmm. and what is it that you want to communicate and do it in a consistent basis. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that will generate results.
0: Perfect. What would you, is there any other contributors or let's say success factors that you would identify besides showing up consistently using your own, let's say, advice um, that have allowed you to create like a steady cash flow, like you mentioned, instead of going for from gig to gig, but having a certain kind of, yeah,
1: steadiness, I guess creating a system for me was like a sales funnel that, um, -hmm. that was helping. Like I I see a lot of people, um, trying to be everything for everyone.
0: Mm. And
1: that's a a huge mistake. Um, because you cannot be everything for everyone, you know, like, um, you have to model what works
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and like, there's a lot of brands that show you this, like there's a specific, you know, hairspray for people who have curly hair Mm -hmm. because it's specifically for them. If we just hairspray is so generic that you might not be what I choose because you're just too generic. But if you are the one for curly hair and I have curly hair, that's the one that I'm going to buy because that's specifically for me. Mm -hmm. So I think that niching and narrowing your options because it makes you laser focused. It's like light. Mm-hmm. If light is expanded, yeah, it covers a lot of land. But when you want to like kill something, target it, mm-hmm. you have to make it laser. Mm. That's when you're really successful. Um, because be being for everyone requires that you have, um, you know, like a lot of money for marketing. And mm-hmm. if you have that, then awesome, go that way. But if you have limited resources and yeah. you're just starting... You have to focus on on your dream client, on that one thing that will that you firstly that you enjoy to the fullest, mm-hmm. um, and that it brings you the most joy, but also will bring you income.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so what what happened to me was that I started doing workshops. Uh, mm-hmm. I started noticing that if I would bring to one room ten people. Mm -hmm. just 10 people that wanted to make video they just didn't know how and I was going to tell them about the process and which you know systems I thought I think are the most successful for you know to start doing video Mm -hmm. and to do it in a very you know cost-effective way Mm -hmm. with the most amount of impact I was in a room with 10 people that wanted to do video Mm -hmm. so at the end of that workshop I was pitching them the next step which was actually filming Mm -hmm. and uh, out of a room of ten, four people would say yes. Mm. Like that was more so that I was doing than like anything. But it was I was targeting to people that actually wanted to listen to me. Yeah. That I had something to add value to them. And if they didn't want to do the video with me, that was okay because at least I gave them a, a roadmap of how to go to the next level, even if they wanted to do it on their on their own. Yeah, and that was fine. So for me was um finding a system that would allow me to serve people in, you know, and leverage my time rather than doing a one-to-one. I was not going to be successful doing a one-to-one-to-one. Yeah. But doing it in a way of creating, a, you know, a whole system that I was teaching them, that helped me a lot. That actually gave my my business cash flow. Mm. So, you know, now it's, it's how do you optimize that? Like now yeah. it's trying to find the next stage to that. Mm-hmm. But the workshops for us have been a blessing. And I, I didn't know that I was going to love teaching. I, <laughs> I was, I was like, that was a, you know, like a kind of like a gift in disguise. I was, for me was like, oh my God, I I have so much fun doing yeah. this. Yeah, it was awesome. For me, it was, it, it's something that it, it added another leg to mm-hmm. my to my business but it also was my my sales funnel
0: yeah i think this is really really valuable information that you just shared with everybody because um i feel um, many people who who start out with their own business you know they want to leave their nine to five to have more freedom actually time-wise and of course money-wise but especially time-wise but many end up just creating a new job for themselves like a self-employment and this is not time freedom because you usually end up working way more hours than you did in your nine to five um, and probably earning less money so this is really really important advice um, for everybody who's listening to create a system around your business. And I feel like also it's very important to, you know, uh, when you have a topic and you have, like get, like you, a certain profession that you've always done in a certain way, to look at it from a different angle, like you said, even teaching, you know, you don't have to actually be the producer, but you can teach other people to do that. Or, you know, just find, like, other um, opportunities on how you can use the knowledge and the experience that you have, right?
1: yeah it's leveraging yourself in a different angle
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the, like the thing is that I see people worried about giving more services in their menu, mm-hmm. but each of those services have to be marketed yeah so if you if you're creating you know fifteen different menus, then you have to market fifteen different audiences. That's true. instead of like focusing in one grand one, one that one that is like robust. And teaching that one consistently, like, and and just marketing that one thing that then could eventually translate in a selling point for three of those services that you most like. That is being strategic. It's like, you don't go to a website and find like 70 tabs. You will go crazy. Like (laughs) you go to Amazon and you find, you know, the search button and then you find home kits and I don't know. Whatever, X, Y, and C. But it's everything is grouped. Yeah. If not, we we as humans when we're confused, we protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. We 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 kind of like put reservation. Yeah, you lose but when interest. we are, Yeah, <coughs> exactly. It's too much for your brain to process. <coughs> I'm sorry. But when you actually are engaging one thing that you're interested in mm-hmm. you got my attention my mm. undivided attention and so that's something that i do see a lot of entrepreneurs is a trap yeah. that they want to be liked by everyone and then by by doing that they end up being another brick in the wall they're mm. there's nothing different about them than everybody else they become a commodity yeah. they're not yeah it, it's hard to recognize why should i choose you when I have fifteen other options, and people are willing to be cheaper than you,
0: mm. how do you compete with that? And so, you are also um, basically an expert in uh, all the topic around branding. Or, yeah. Um, so, from a branding perspective, what are some pitfalls that you see many people fall into, or maybe even what are three musts that every business owner should have in place to create a compelling brand?
1: Um, for me there's three things that Mm -hmm. people should have clarity about they have to have clarity about um, how do they want people to feel about their brand Mm -hmm. because branding is about something an emotional attachment to to, you know like what you have to say about someone what you have to say about something Mm -hmm. it's about an experience um so they have to have clarity, and you know what? What is the energy of that brand? Is it youthful? Is it is it corporate? Is it is it a, is it a masculine brand? Is it a feminine brand? Like what kind of combination of emotions and feelings do they want people to attach to that brand? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing comes from a book that it has nothing to do with it but it has everything to do with it which is the art of war Mm -hmm. the art of war the the book art of war says that in order for you to win the war you first have to know yourself and then the second step is you have to know your enemy Mm -hmm. so if you translate this to marketing and branding the first thing you have to know is who the heck you are Mm -hmm. you have to have clarity about you know why you stand for what are your principles what are your values um what is it that, what problems do you solve? Who do you solve them to? Um, and you have to be very specific on who is it that you're talking to in order for you to be able to understand your audience. And then you have to go to your audience and, and really know what their pain points are and you know, how they behave mm-hmm. and what triggers them and what hurts them. Once you know that you have the foundation for starting, just literally starting your branding, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not only pictures and logos and websites and images. It's, it's, it's an experience that has to do from the way people answer the phone and the way that they receive their emails. And, you know, every time they touch your brand, what is the intention behind it we know what is the yeah what's the energy that surrounds that brand so you become memorable Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not something that happens once again the word consistency is something that happens all the time Mm. there's consistency in everything Um, and it doesn't mean that your brand doesn't change and shift that doesn't evolve but it doesn't evolve every two days. Yeah. It evolves mm-hmm. with with time. It, 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 it is a baby, then it becomes an infant, then it becomes a preteen, then becomes a teen, then becomes a you know a young adult. Mm-hmm. So every brand goes through the same phases that we go as humans. Mm-hmm. At, at least that's the way I like to see it, because it's easier for me to understand it and, and, and give it context. Um and understand where you are and not compare it to anybody, and it's not a copy paste from another brand, it's how do I make that my own? Like you, could, mm. you could steal inspiration from another brand, but you cannot you know, copy paste it and you know, just pretend that you're the next Apple or Steve Jobs just because that's what everybody likes. Yeah. Um, so that would
0: be my answer. And how important do you see like, the medium of video to grow a business? especially nowadays? Uh.
1: <laughs> I'm obviously biased. <laughs> so my answer is going to be very like blunt. I do feel that video is the most powerful medium mm-hmm. in the world right now in, in, in sense that um, it is a time capsule. It is mm. a copy paste of you, of your brand. And it's something that is leverageable in, a gazillion, trizillion platforms, because they all are shifting to video. They're all are shifting to interaction. Um, as humans right now, there is a need for connection that Mm -hmm. is so, it's so, we desire connection so bad as humans, um, but we're disconnected because we're connected to our devices.
0: Mm. So
1: the way that we are finding connection is through seeing another human being talked Solely to us through a screen. Um, That has become the standard now. That has become something that people expect. And um, it is so needed for you in order for people to recognize you, to put yourself out there, to actually use video as a medium to get found, Mm -hmm. as a medium to make an impact, as a medium to influence, as a medium to educate. To contribute is it's basically as important as your website if not more right now
0: and you said yourself when you started to apply it yourself it made a huge shift for your own business
1: yeah and here's the thing it doesn't happen from day to night yeah it, it actually took about six months for people to actually for it to click on people mm-hmm. for people to actually be like oh my God, why does this chick keep showing up in my feet? (laughs) Who the hell is this? And for them to actually like, look at it.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, get engaged with it. And, and you and the other thing is that you're not a gold coin, you're not going to be liked by everyone. Mm -hmm. And that is also okay, because you are not for everyone. Yeah. So It is only the people who you are for that you're doing it for. The people who resonate with your same frequency of energy or the people who actually like what you like, believe what you believe. Mm
0: -hmm. (coughs) I'm sorry. And and are connected to the same things that that you are. And do you feel that it is always um, necessary to have professional videos or um, even just, you know, shooting videos with your whatever phone uh, is a great way to start
1: I believe that you have to start wherever you are Mm -hmm. um, and do the best with what you have uh, and grow as you move forward. So I do feel that it is appropriate because it is expected to have organic videos. Mm -hmm. I think now more than ever, people want to see the realness of, you know, maybe your hair not being done all the time or whatever. Um, But what I like to, to say is, If you're expecting to have high ending clients, high end paying clients, then Mm -hmm. you have to behave the same way. Like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't show up in your PJs to get your best client. So you would show up with like your your best suit. Do the same. A, A video is exactly the same thing. The 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 lifespan of a video that is professional is a lot longer than a video that is just done, you know, with poor audio and the camera moving and, mm-hmm. you know, poorly with poor light. Um, even though the the content of it might be very awesome mm-hmm. and it has happened that people have found people with like the crappiest video and made a success out of that. Mm-hmm. But then they transition to good looking video for a reason. Mm-hmm. They don't stay doing the crappy video. They nobody nobody um there's something that Mary Ford says that I love is just like Nobody is looking to, um, they're striving for being average. Like mm. you're, you're striving for being the best. At least that's what I like to think, that you always want to move forward. So yeah. if you're just starting out, use your phone, you yeah. know, do your best to make it as, as best as possible. But as you move forward, invest in your brand mm. because that will show up. It will definitely
0: show up. I love that. Thank you so much for all the, all the advice. And I really hope that people who are maybe just starting out or especially starting out are really uh, listening closely. So um, coming to an end, you know, I always like to hear um, if there was one message that you could share with, you know, all the women in the world, it would just be implanted in, into their mind. You know, what is it that you would like every woman to know out there? Oh my god, that's deep in like you put it to spot. Okay, so hold on. Let me think about this. <laughs> Take time.
1: My main my main audience are women.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and I feel that we women are so critical with ourselves. Yes. We are so harsh in the way we speak to ourselves. Um and we really if we would know the power that we have with our own words. Mm-hmm. we would be very careful in the way that we use them. So if if I could tell every woman in the world something today would mm-hmm. be to be kind to yourself as you would like to be treated by some other human. Like, be mm-hmm. kind to yourself because you live with you and you deserve to be treated like a queen. Mm. And you are beautiful and you are powerful, and you are the source of creation in the universe. So, you know, stand up tall, tell yourself beautiful things, and conquer the universe, because we have been given the opportunity to make this world a better place, and it is our responsibility to show up giving ourselves the time and the privilege to show up as we are, mm-hmm. giving the gifts that we were given to make this world a better place.
0: That that would be my thing to say. Oh, I love that. And what would be three pieces of wisdom that you would pass on to your six-year-old self um, if you could, you know, uh, that you would want little Deanna to know about the life, about herself, about, you know, whatever she needs to create the life that she wants.
1: Um I will tell little Diana to always remember who she is and to stand up tall and to enjoy the present mm. because it's in the present that we get to, you know... Be everywhere that's it like we when we're present we enjoy things we sa- we, we like we get to taste everything like yeah. every moment is so precious so yes, yeah, then tell, you know smile now that everything is be is going to be okay and
0: and laugh a lot live a lot and love a lot ah so beautiful um So if people get curious about uh, you, about the work that you do, you know, how can they find you and how can they work with you?
1: Oh, that would be awesome. So they can go to fourproductions.com and check us out. We do have our portfolio there. We do have uh, everything that we we do, what we stand for Mm -hmm. or workshops. Everything is in there and our contact information is is there. I would love for them to subscribe so they can receive our videos, um, your, our monthly videos and things like that on, on the go so we can stay connected and they can find me on Facebook and Instagram and
0: 4Productions. Perfect. So everybody hop over to 4 com and check out Dana's work. Um you know, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. I really you know I really appreciate all the advice that you've shared and really you know letting us into your I mean roller coaster, but really like you've made this roller coaster um, a great ride into how you say like conquering the universe and no. I really love that and appreciate that so thank you so much for being here. With us. Thank you so much for tuning into the Thrive Podcast and spending your precious time with us. If you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too, please share it with your network, friends, and family. I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash Thrive Podcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.